Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Whoa, My Voice Got Real Low. This is Sad Times. My name is Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who have never listened to Sad Times before, welcome. I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you're able to listen to some of our back catalog. Sad Times is a show in which we have a guest on each week, and they talk about traumatic things they've gone through, times they were upset, angry, sad. So it's not just a clever name. And we believe at Sad Times that having these guests on to tell their stories are very effective because people might be listening in the boardroom or might be listening while doing the dishes or, or wherever you may be. And you might hear a story that you thought, oh, I was the only one who thought that way. Uh, the goal of Sad Times is to remind everyone that they are not alone and to continue having stories which are the healing power of humankind. So that's Sad Times. We do have a website. Uh, it is on the World Wide Web, as I like to say, www.sadtimespodcast.com. Please go check it out. And we do appear wherever podcasts magically appear on your devices. Uh, if you do go to the website as well, you can register to be a guest and we can let you know. I'll let you know that the one, the number one rule of Sad Times is the guests choose 100% of what we talk about. Uh, we have a, a, a bit of a special episode. This is, um, we're going to get to here in a moment, but we have a very special sponsor as well. I uh, received this, Brent, I don't believe I've even told you about this sponsor yet. I received this at our uh, our marketing email and uh, they gave us a lot of money for this. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then I'm going to tell you what the ad copy says, okay? So today's sponsor is My Right Knee at about the 23.7 mile mark of the Chicago Marathon, okay? All right? And the ad copy is, ah! I will explode now and you will not finish. All right, cool. I mean, they gave us a lot of money. Do not forget to support our sponsors. That's... Use the code F-A-K-E, that's F-A-K-E, at checkout. Uh, all right. As I said, a very special show. Uh, we had this guest on not too terribly long ago, just before the Chicago Marathon, and now we're having him back on to talk about that, running, and a number of other things. It is the returning champion, John. John, how are you doing? Great, sir. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, you got me into this in a lot of ways, you motherfucker. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so it is, as of this recording, one month and one day since the marathon. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Uh, when you think that the marathon's never going to end, and then all of a sudden it's a month later. So this was, let's remind everyone uh, where you're from, and then tell us about your history with marathons. Uh, from originally? Wherever you'd like. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're just going to say, uh, originally from Dayton, Ohio, but been in Chicago on and off for about, gosh, 14 years, something like that. I don't remember anymore. What is time, Kevin? Uh, it's a fucker. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how many marathons have you run now? That was 31 last month. 31. Yeah. Now that, uh, what, let's just, again, we're treading some old ground. I just want to know what got you into running marathons again? Um, a friend of mine's sister-in-law ran the New York City Marathon, which actually just happened last weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, very exciting stuff. Want to do it. Uh, she ran it, got me interested in that. Um, right around the time I moved to Chicago, uh, we're signups for Chicago. And it just kind of lined up that way where yeah. um, I wanted to do it. I signed up for it. 
trained for it and I did it. There you go. So let's talk about this year's marathon. Yeah. Um, I want you to talk. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> uh, not at the starting line again, because yeah. that was very far back. So long. It's very long. I will say this. Um, you had told me that it's kind of like a big party, and it is, mm-hmm. it, unless you're running. Then it's not a party at all. But everybody along the streets, and people are, are there cheering people on, even if they don't necessarily know anybody. Yep. It's just a really feel-good atmosphere. And it's not just like for certain stretches of the race. It's the whole 26 miles. Yeah, it's incredible. There are people uh, cheering. They got these signs and stuff. Tell us about your race this year and how it went. Um, it was super special um, for me for uh, numerous reasons. But the main thing was my sister was in town for the first time. She's never seen Chicago, uh, the Chicago Marathon. My mom, my mom and my sister were there, but she had never been to We've only done Disney and some smaller races and things like that, but mm-hmm. she had never seen like a, a world major, something as like massive as Chicago. Um, and she loved it. And I was like very fortunate to see them twice. Uh, I saw them very early on when it still felt like it was a good idea to do a marathon or uh-huh. a mile two. And then I saw them around Old Town. So that was probably oh, like, a, like was 11 that, or that's something. That's like nine maybe. Yeah. yeah. That era. So like still feeling pretty good. Um but it was uh, it was really cool for her to experience that because she got to see the elite runners. Um, pass did they? Over. Did your mom and sister see like the winner whose name is escaping me at this point? Yes. No. They um. No. They got video. Yeah. They were the, of him just sprinting down the road. Yeah, or the, her or yeah, whomever. The, yeah. The two hour marathon record. Yeah. yeah. Say that one more time. How long was it? Uh, so I want to. I, I don't want two hours up. and thirty five seconds. Yes, I think that sounds right. I feel terrible for. There was a lot of records broken that day too. I think it was the highest capacity marathon with the uh, runners. Um, the master's record was broken by Des Linden. The what four, is the master's? Uh, 40 and over. Uh, she, Are you saying I'm a master? Uh, sure. I'm finally a master of something. Uh, but she crushed it. Uh, Kelvin Kiptum uh, won from Kenya, two hours, 35 seconds. All right. Let's just do the do the math for me real fast. So that's twenty six point two miles. That's like what four thirty six a mile. Something like that. It's Think about that. Four thirty six a mile. Have you ever even come close to running a mile at four thirty six? The fastest mile I've ever run in my life, and I did it on purpose. And I couldn't breathe when I was done. It was six minutes flat, and I could. You not. ran a six minute mile. Well, I timed it to do. I ran straight. It was yeah. down Ainsley and Lincoln Square. Uh huh. Just ran my ass off. This was just. To, C and I, yeah. I could not function when I was done and it was six minutes flat. Now cut another minute and a half off that and then do it 25 more times. Yeah. It's otherworldly. 25.2 more times. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> not usually this mean to the guests. Uh, well, it's ridiculous. You're entitled to be mad. It's weird. It's, it's and, and the guy didn't even, I mean, he didn't seem too worn out. He, he no, he said he, he didn't, he said he didn't start to feel, he didn't even feel pain yet and he's only done three marathons and he's won every one and broken two records he's only done three marathons first marathon was in december that's not really yeah and he's 23 okay but just obviously they're just specimens and magical people but like it's crazy i know you don't know you don't know how the sausage is made how we pay the bills around here but uh, when you listen to the episode, you're going to hear about our sponsor, which was my right knee at the 23.7 mile mark. Oh, we could talk about that. Yeah. And uh, I felt a lot of pain. I'm, I'm trying not to complain. I mean, there was something at around the 21 mile mark 
uh, for people where you could run off. I, what's that stuff where they spray it on you for oh, muscle Oh, you didn't pain? go to the biofreeze zone? No. That's like the best part. No, didn't go to that. That was dumb. That was the best part? Is that is that why one signs best up part for marathons? Of the, best part of that area. <laughs> oh, you mean that little section where it was? <laughs> yeah. So that's about 21 miles. Let's talk about miles 22 through 24. So something new in the marathon i want to say within the past three years is they do a turnaround and the chicago marathon never used to have a turnaround you would be a one straight course yeah everything was fresh everything was new so whether you were dying or not it was still you were taking in a new site and mm-hmm. it was still just like the vision of like an idea of finishing right but now between what is it 22 to 24 was that it they're around they're they're around but there's about there's a turnaround and you can't see where the turnaround is and that's right around where you're mentally just drained you're physically super drained you're ideally uh not hitting a wall but probably hitting a wall uh it's the hottest of the day usually it's just the worst of the worst and it's just god awful and i even knew it was coming and it's still god awful i see i had no idea it was coming and uh the thing is you you are running down and you see the people who are coming from the turnaround yeah so they're ahead of you by a couple miles and you think it's and they're running yeah oh you think it's close (laughs) because they're like right across the sidewalk basically from Mm -hmm. you and you're like okay okay and then it just keeps going and going and going i lost sense of uh what direction we were going yeah uh until finally that turn came and um god it was it was terrible so what goes what was going through your mind you know, around that time, mile 22 through 24, even as somebody who's run, as you have, 31 of these. Um, I did knock out my 20-mile training run, so I that's in my mind I'm more prepared, I guess. But I was very undertrained, per usual. Um, not a good thing. But um, I was in agony. That was where, like, I thought I was running, but probably was just, like, skidding along type of thing. Uh, it, it's rough. It, it, was, it was really, really bad. Um, not like... I think I talked about this last time. It's not, I wasn't hurt. Like something was broken or, but I was just like, I was a spirit and body was just like so drained. Um, I think my experience through it was the only thing that got me through it. Um, Mm -hmm. Also there's something about the turnaround that sucks as well is when you see the other side, you could see the mile marker for like 24. I'm like, I'm at 22. Yeah. Where is the, where's 23. And then you're like, are they spacing the mile markers off uh, out in longer distances as you get longer because it, it feels because obviously well you're going slower well unless you're uh kelvin kitchen Kim, Kim, yeah yeah uh sorry, then you're you're sorry, going sir. very very fast uh so what what go what did you ever think you weren't going to finish um i always think i'm not going to finish uh in the conversation in my brain but i, I tell me about that conversation um I'm sure you can relate now. No, like it's, it goes from, uh, excitement to experience history to push through things to, you're not going to make it to, you need to walk to, you need to run to, you know, just everything goes through your mind through, through a marathon, especially when you're not properly, whatever that means prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, my sister and mother were definitely a good milestone point to, to get me through it. Meant like mentally because i knew i'd see them at the end um but that was uh that's why I, I think i keep going back because it's never gotten like well i could do this now like it's so uh it's psych- always a challenge always a challenge yeah um and it, it's so funny where uh no matter how hard you're uh trying to accomplish a time or trying to get done at a certain amount and like as long as you're not like hurt 
just finishing is just such an accomplishment. And like, no one comprehends that outside of, um, people that do it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, everybody, uh, no, not a ton of people do it all the time, but there, there is sometimes subtle sarcasm about like, Oh, but you didn't win or, you know, like busting balls, but like, you really just don't know until you do something like that. Um, and that's why I keep going back to that. Also, it's just like so ingrained in my blood, uh, that race in Chicago that I just like, I can't see myself never not doing it unless I was like hurt or not here. Right. Like I, I didn't do it one year just because I was on the road and it, it crushed me. It, yeah. it sucks so bad. You know, as a first timer this year, one of the th- couple things that stood out to me, um, that surprised me, I guess I should say almost everybody walks oh, and some yeah. people walk quite a lot. Oh yeah. And the other is that people, spectators, love to just run across, oh run, my run in front of other. These are people who are not running the race, who are like trying to get from one side of the street to the other. Did and they just strollers? run through there. I did not get a, oh, that I remember. You got to go back. Oh, is that why I have to run it again? <laughs> I, I want to say, too, when in the mile 22 through 24 area. Uh, we got to call that something. Um, how about hell? The suck zone. Yeah, the, the suck zone of hell. How about Dante's Inferno? Great. Great. He's a poet. Certainly does suck. <laughs> Second Wayne's World quote of the episode. Thank you so much. Uh, so, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> something that was going through my head is uh, a guest of the show. Uh, she did three episodes with us. A wonderful woman named Katie um, has run a marathon. She's just run one. And she sent me an email shortly before the marathon. And I kept thinking about that email because she's like, Kevin, you can do this. And and when I was like, my knee was about to explode. I I, I, I was really worried I was going to get hurt. So I was thinking about that email a lot. So if Katie, if you're listening, thank you again for that. Because that, that was a big motivator for me, for sure. Um, what was your favorite sign? So people have signs at this thing. Oh my gosh. I got to, I should have told me down. You told me one that I did not see. And that is now my favorite sign, even though I didn't see it. And it was the one that said, run from me like my father did when I was five. <laughs> right. <clears throat> right. Sorry. It's okay. Right. No, it's just like, <clears throat> it can completely, excuse me. It can completely take you out of your head. Yeah. Like you're not thinking about that knee for even if it's for two seconds, yeah. you're just like, it's so great. Like you run better than the government. That was a lot good of those. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are just like um, people. Again, these people are just out to support and be supportive. There's no negativity about it. Yeah. They're just like you. You guys are uh, um, super. You, you guys are like my superhero. Like signs yeah. like that. You see a lot of power up Mario mushrooms. Yeah, like and you stuff run by and, and you hit the sign. Hit for energy. Yeah, like it, there's not like I'm sure. I'm sure other cities are magical, but like everybody's just so happy to see you, and they're just like, you know. I could be in bed for this signs or, you know, I'd rather be in yeah. bed or, you know, um, you think oh, another one I saw was, you think this is hard. Try dating in Chicago. Yeah. Just like, it's amazing. One. Uh, the New York city marathon one had a magical one. They said, Michigan stole my other sign, <laughs> <laughs> which I got a good chuckle out of. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's great. Um, any, I, I can think of a couple people that I ran near or, you know, you, you're weaving in and out of people or they're passing you. Uh, I saw a gentleman with no legs running it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which was incredible. And then I uh, ran behind a killer clown for a little while. Didn't know that. He had like a whole clown get up with blood all over it and had the, the clown wig. How did I miss that conversation with you? Yeah. I don't know if I even brought it up to you. Um, 
so I got done with the race and I ran through the finish line and I didn't know exactly where the finish line was. So I just kept going until everybody else stopped. I mean, obviously there's a huge thing that says finish, yeah. but then I didn't know where it, it stopped because there's something in your bib, that piece of paper that you could track that yeah. tracks you. And so I got through that and my, uh, my legs were not doing well. And so I stopped and kind of bent over and leaned my elbows on my legs and was trying to trying to stretch them and a gentleman goes sir sir are you okay because oh, they're he, my favorite yeah and i was like yeah oh no i'm sorry yeah i'm okay i'm just trying to stretch my legs but then like and then they're like all right let's move along, Can you move along? and i want to be like why don't you move along man i was like never done this before yeah. <laughs> yeah. if i could backpedal a little bit i Please. found my text for my favorite three yeah and your um was your 18 weeks of training lasted longer than my marriage mm-hmm. uh in boys town love your stamina call me yeah. With yep. the rainbow. It was amazing. Uh, oh, and the drag queens at Boys the, Town. There was a drag show going That's on so in Boys fun. Town. That was cool. And then run from me like my father did when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> Truly sad times. Oh, man. And I, I also said to anybody who, if does anybody have like, say, a, a propensity or, or need to litter? Let's just say somebody out there like that's their thing. Oh yeah, run a marathon, buddy. You can just litter with no consequence at all. You're just throwing shit left and right. You're yeah. throwing little cups of water, Gatorade, um, uh, all energy yeah. gel wrappers, earbuds, gloves, shirts, the occasional shoe. Hmm. Uh, I saw somebody do a shot of Malort. I did a shot of Malort last year. No, thank you. They're always under the the bridge around in the twenties. I would have thrown up everywhere. I thought I was going to throw up anyway. Oh, I ran with a beer. I forgot. I ran That's with- right. You had a half acre. Or- um, yeah. No, my buddy, my buddy Kevin met me. Was it me? Must- no. Oh. Another. I said my buddy Kevin. Um, oh, whoa. He, uh, <laughs> buddy, not bestie. Oh. Um, but no, he met me and he ran for, with me for about quarter mile and uh, it cracked one open. And I ran with a can of, what was it? Either way, it was, it was a good time. Was, Did it, that not make you feel sick? Um, it takes my mind off of it, uh, which probably isn't a good thing. Uh, no, it was it, it was just a nice kind of change of pace. Literally, thank you so much. Um, no, it was a uh, it was really good uh, just to kind of see a, a a familiar face and just to kind of do what we do because he he's, he was also he's an endurance athlete as well, and we we love our beer culture, and it was just a sure. really cool like. Take a second. It was over by kind of United Center area too, uh-huh. kind of where it starts to kind of get ghost land. Yep. Like it's, there's people, but like, it's definitely not. The you masses. go all the way down and then you come back and go all the way around. Uh, another thing that I thought of a lot during the race is something that, and I'm going to misquote you. So I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing you is you talk about how, what you love about distance running is it, it strips away all the bullshit and yeah. it's just you and the run and you and your mind. So when I was really, really hating it, I was trying to think that mm-hmm. and say, okay, what can I focus on maybe outside of this run that I really need to think through without any of the bullshit, any of it, yeah. and just think through those things. So that was really helpful to me. So I, I thank you for that. Awesome. You're welcome. Do you find that that's the case every time you run one of these? Um, I can run three miles and strips away my bullshit. Um, it's about, um, it does. I, I just think when it, it just, it just, I, I want to phrase it correctly. It like, it's just, like I said, it just strips away bullshit. Like yeah. you're not thinking like the petty, like the silly, the stuff that's not going to matter. Like it, it just, it just doesn't matter to quote Bill Murray and meatballs. It just doesn't matter. Um, 
Bowles is great. Sorry. Ivan Reitman. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Um, no, you, uh, that's why I will forever do it. And that's why I need to consistently do it. And that, that could be, that could be just getting outside to run for a little bit like that. That is my therapy. I want to meditate more, but I also realize I get so much out of that. I have so many forms of things that are also very meditative that I don't think about. Like I try to do morning pages. I try to run. I try to really sit down and meditate. And like, they're all forms of brain kind of drain where you can just kind of go into your day. If you get what is idea. morning pages? Tell us what that is. Oh, morning pages is part of, um, uh, a book called the artist way mm -hmm. by Julie Cameron. Um, and it's, uh, you take, a three um like like a legal pad three pages and you just free write there's no punctuation there's no uh form there's no thought you can go from this to that and then you either um i think in the book they they recommend you keep them for eight weeks and then start finding patterns like oh. like things you're interested in or things that are really bothering you i've gotten song lyrics out of them um but uh or you just immediately throw them away because that's kind of how meditation works in a way. You want to just kind of get clear and like any kind of random thought you just write down. Some people just like, it could be their errands. Like, mm -hmm. um, I need to do this today and I work today. I need to talk to them and make that phone call. Or sometimes you just write like, and then why do I love Apple so much? And holy shit, I need to call this person. And oh, I miss my mom. And Do you find when you're writing those, like you start at the top of say page one, by three quarters of the way down page one, you're writing about something you had no idea you were even that's going exactly, to write about. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. yeah. And that's a pretty cool feeling, isn't it? I love it. No. And when I consistently do it, which I don't, um, <laughs> uh, I'm so happy. Like I, I bought the book and I tried it three times and I finally uh, figured it out during the pandemic because nothing was going on where I was. And uh, my buddy, Nathan Aaron, who I went to AMDA with in New York City, uh, he actually teaches it. So I think it was eight of us from around the country were Zooming in once a week. So we were given homework and, and it was like this amazing thing that I actually, and I stuck with it for 12 weeks and it was like so, so, so wonderful. And he's been doing morning pages for, I think up to 10 years. What, what would you say? You say it's so wonderful. What were the biggest benefits that you took from it? Um, humbling yourself, being open. Uh, it was such a therapeutic surrounding. You, you learn so much about yourself. Um, you, uh, it's so relatable hearing people's similar problems. It's very similar to this podcast. You just listen to people's situations. Like you are a completely different person than I am. And you completely relate to what I'm talking about because you're going through the same thing. You know, there were, there were single mothers and there were, there were mothers with full families. And there was me who was like just completely single and living in Florida back with his folks because of the pandemic. And everybody was going through such different situations, but we were all had like core goals about just wanting to, you know, branch out. Yeah. And during the pandemic, did you, uh, you know, another thing you and I've talked about is, um, in my limited experience of running, it was very limited, uh, no matter how many times you've done it, it's still a pain in the ass to go outside and do it Very or much. go on the treadmill, whatever it is. And did you find yourself running more during the pandemic because there was so little to do and it got you out of the house? I was in the best shape of my life, I think, during the pandemic. I guess there was like two ways you could have went in the pandemic, right? Like mm -hmm. everybody went to like the bottle yeah, or the you know, or they got jacked or in shape. I got, I got super in shape. I kind of did both. Cause actually where I used to do the morning pages was the same table where me and you did a zoom drink. Oh man. 
during the pandemic, we did like, it was like an 11 hour it was awesome. meeting. It was and awesome. then I ran seven miles the next day and I thought I was going to die. You ran after that? It was horrible. That was, that was the drunkest I probably was during the pandemic. You made me buy that goddamn book about Fleetwood Mac making rumors. So good. I haven't read it yet. So good. King Calais. Yeah. You know why they put that U in there? No. Okay. Well, it's not how you spell it. <laughs> okay. Not the English translation? Uh, no. Now, I don't like running. Okay. And I started running during the pandemic because gyms closed and uh, I'm in a uh, extremely anxious person and I have to do something. It turns out. And so I started running and it was horrible. And I just kept doing it because it does have that benefit. I don't know if I ever get, say, a quote unquote runner's high. Uh, I just forget that I'm running. That's the best part of running when you run a long distance. Mm -hmm. It's like your body's still doing it. And if you're like, look down, you're like, yep, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And that's the thing. No matter how you feel, you're still, it's still going to benefit you. Right. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Please. So what, what gets you going out there when you're not training for a race? Um, not a lot. It's the hardest thing still. Um, I'm on a two-day streak right now, about to be my third tonight because I am going. But um, it, it's, really, it's really hard for me to still get out the door when I'm not thinking about a streak or a race or another reason I ran so much in the pandemic. I signed up for this 1,000K virtual race thing that me and my buddy were doing in Texas. So, but, so we had five miles we had to do every day to get it done. And, and we weren't doing anything Well, I wasn't doing anything. So like it was even more bullshit if I didn't get out the door. So it was Florida, it was summer, it was so hot. I was just dropping weight, making miles and you know, it was amazing. What app do you use or do you use an app? Uh, I did use Strava until I got, so it got social media E for me. Uh, and I hated it. It became more of an obligation of like, who's liking my who's liking my uh, run posts or who's messaging me or like, and then spam requests. And oh. it just, I, I run to get away from media yeah. <laughs> and Strava to me became media. So I, I stopped using that about six months ago. So I just use whatever, uh, was it Apple fitness or whatever, whatever comes with the watch. It's just for me. I can't, I can post if I want, but like, I'm also trying not to post to like, it doesn't, it, Tell me about the anxiety it gives you to post or not to post. I hate it. Um, I'm very, very, uh, I'm very addicted to social media um, and getting way better about what, about getting validation through it. But um, it's getting less and less by the days and I love it and I hope it sticks. I hope it's not just like a phase I'm going through. I love kind of being a quiet. I love working in quiet. And I used to, I, I think me personally, I think, posting or getting emotions out uh me personally there's nothing wrong with any of this but me personally like posting about my runs or whatever i'm going through or what brewery i'm at all this stuff i think all this creative outlet i'm putting towards social media is pulling away from my artistic endeavors my songwriting my um time to read my time to create and uh and then i don't do that at all my time to run you know, but I'm just so, uh, and it drives me crazy. I have such a love hate relationship with social media. I envy my sister so much. Is she not on social media? No, not since 2012. And she just went, Nope. It was like a cold Turkey thing. Uh, it wasn't too big in her life, but yeah. she just stopped and it was awesome. And she's like, I'm, and she's been happier than ever. Cause she's like, 
I don't think about anything. I do hate that I, I do appreciate social media where like me and my mother will send stupid dog memes or sure. that stuff's great. Or to have a connection with like my mom connects to our friends in England through Facebook and yeah, that stuff's amazing. But like, I feel like, why don't we just go have like me and you are great about that. It's like, we would just go have coffee and catch up or we'll go have dinner or see a movie. And like, um, when I have friends where I live, where we just kind of connect through online, when we just could just be hanging out, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not always the case. Like people are busy and I appreciate all that, but, um, it just sucks sometimes. And it's like getting easier and easier, just kind of live through a meme and we're all guilty of it. Uh, but I would just rather you, you, you are getting more active on social Ugh. media. Well, like, but you, it's also your business. So like, yeah. I get it, but like, I'll find myself sending you, you know, major league or WWF memes, as opposed to being like, Ooh, check this out. This might apply to your podcast. Um, so you sent me a lot of running stuff on the way up to the marathon, which was really cool. Yeah. So if it's utilized like that and I, and that looks different for everybody, like who knows what social media looks like for someone in a small town? Like we have Chicago at our, at our feet and you know, there's so much to do. And sometimes we just get you know, locked in. And again, this is all me. There's like nothing wrong with any of it. If you balance it, there's nothing really wrong with anything. If you just balance it. But for me, I just get so locked in and in my head about it. And it's kind of turned me into an asshole sometimes. And, uh, it drives me crazy. And also social media can keep you in the past. If you stay locked in the past Yeah. and I hate it. Like it must've been so great to end a relationship with someone in the eighties. You maybe saw them at Kroger, you know, like Kroger. you, you might've got a, I miss you voicemail, but like you missed her call. You missed her call. You know, like, yeah. the, and this is, it's a whole nother conversation, right. but just like, you can't get over anything. Another thing where it's wonderful. Like if I'm in my head about all this stuff, if I go out for a run, I'm not even having this conversation right now because it, it's irrelevant. It's just like, this is silly. Take care of it the way you can take care of it. And things get better through like, you know, work. So when you were running those five miles a day yeah, and, and all of that, did you find over a prolonged period of time that your anxiety was lessened that, uh, maybe your, your doubting and depression. And did you find, let, let's start with that. Did you find that those things were lessened while you were doing that? Um, it helped me immensely. Um, I don't know if you remember this, uh, running kept me out of my head. So during the pandemic, uh, I was in New York, uh, with a girlfriend and the pandemic happened and we, we had a really bad fight and she lived in Connecticut and the next day she was gone because it was a pandemic. So then I was planning to get back to Florida. So we really never had this kind of weird like closure. So I turned to running, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I called you one morning, just like sobbing me like, I have to call her. I have to call her. I have to talk to her. I think, uh, I don't, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but, um, I think I do, but running kind of brought that, this kind of sobbing thing out of me. And, uh, while it was still not pretty, uh, we got, closure on it i think we got closure on it but um we we i don't even know if it was necessarily closure but we got forward movement you know it wasn't just like this stagnant like she left i went back to florida world was world was burning you know kind of Mm -hmm. situation but i remember um but it was running when i kind of got this closure i was doing a morning run and taylor swift's folklore just came out so i love doing out shut up She's wonderful. No, she's pretty good. Well, my gateway drug was the national was working with her. The Desner. Yeah. Brothers. You love the national. I never talk about the national. Um, certainly don't have any tattoos of it, but, uh, not as many as you, um, stop it. 
fan theory start. Yeah, um, my father might be listening to this. <laughs> Dad, I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no. So, uh, yeah, I'll get just get really in my head and emotional, like running to music. I do these album runs, and then I just was like, I was running, and my mind was going, and I just started sobbing, and then I called you, and then I called her, and then like closure started so it was yeah. it was awful but like running kind of got me there going back to crying and running <laughs> uh which which ver which variety yes the end of this marathon at least this year again the only one i've run uh you did not you could not see the finish line until you were like 200 meters away, like 150 meters away like remember you turned just past the hill yeah and that hill, what the fuck was that about? You know what's funny? You lived right by that hill. Not yeah. very big. No. Very big. Very big. You, <laughs> when you you'd go up this hill and turn left. And as I turned left, there's that big red sign with the white letters that said finish. I got choked up and I started. And you had told me that the last episode that you started crying when you saw it. Happened to me involuntarily. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my God, there it is. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, you got a big, uh, how's that for a transition? You got a big, uh, you got a big day coming up in, uh, uh, December. What's that going to be? Uh, Christmas, uh, after that, um, New Year's uh, before that December 27th. Yeah. And what, what happens on that day this year? Uh, I am, uh, turning 40 years old Four zero. So now you're going to become a master like me and Des Linden and up there with the Olympians. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. All it takes is to turn 40 and you can be an Olympian. It's just 40. So you missed it. Oh, oh. I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, what? Shh, don't tell them how old I am. Uh, as you're aging, you're getting older, you're you're turning 40. You know, when I was a kid, I remember my mom's 40th birthday party. Me too. That's it, what's fucking driving me. Did she get a bunch of over-the-hill cards and all that stuff? No, I just, it was more my dad. I remember my dad being 40, which is like wild. I really don't remember, like, I just remember my dad being 40. Like, I remember that, that moment. And like, that's the weird thing for me. I don't feel older, but like that. So I was like, I... I like remember my parents being this whole, you know, like that's. Uh, I've been talking to you before we went, uh, started recording about the new Stallone documentary, which it's called Sly. It's on Netflix. It really should watch it, but he says something in there. I'm watching it and he says, I'm not going to try to do a Stallone impression. Uh, he says, basically, uh, all the time up to 40 is addition. Everything after 40 is subtraction. Oh, don't say that. And I was like, oh man, that's <laughs> true. That is true. So you're aging, you're going to be 40. Tell me about what that means and taking care of yourself and, and whatever way you want to start with, whether it means mentally, physically, whatever it is. Um, it's definitely more in front of you. You definitely have to be more uh, conscious of it, or I think it will kick your ass really fast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, our habits have to change. Um, God, that's hard. That's, it's hard to think about. Um, no, I think I have, I think I have really good lifestyle choices and really okay lifestyle choices. And those have to shift dramatically or I feel like I'm going to just kind of fall into the, the normal rut that I feel like a lot of people do fall into. I have um, a very diabetic friendly family. Uh, I have a very uh, food is comfort family, uh, which I, love and adore you know but yeah. um i gotta get that stuff in check or it's gonna it's gonna catch up to me food, you know? so food is comfort tell oh, me yeah. about that um it was just always uh 
it's just always what I go to the fast food and um so can I can I ask a no. kind of a hypothetical? Yeah, please. So let's just say you got in a fight with a friend yeah. and like you guys are yelling at each other, you guys go your separate ways. Would that be an example where oh man, you know what? I want some McDonald's that'll help me feel better. What McDonald's just pulling it yeah, out of the yeah, yeah. whatever it may be. Um that or in a pinch, like uh like a scheduling pinch. I would never go for the bottle, I'd go for the Big Mac. Um uh-huh. uh because they're so good. They're uh, well, it's probably because they are good. And uh, unfortunately, I've been eating more fast food as of late than I have in a long time. God, it's so good. It um, tastes really good. <laughs> it tastes so good. really good. I really thought um, my hernia developed right when I had a Whopper, and I thought that was going asso- <laughs> to—I thought that was going to associate, but no, they're still so fucking good. <laughs> I don't care. I don't know if I've ever had a Whopper to be honest you with you. Never had a Whopper. I don't think so, so because when I was a kid, I only wanted ketchup and cheese on everything. Now there are certain things. Like when I go to Wendy's, I love Wendy's burgers. That was the I'll, first cheeseburger I, I adored with everything. Adored. Like I you adored. adored? I fucking loved. No, that was the first, because I, I was a plain kid too. Yeah. It was just hamburger. Mm-hmm. But I had a full like Wendy's cheeseburger with all the fixings. I was just like, I like this now. And it's like, Wendy's is still top tier for me. Wendy's is real good. Yeah. So what else? Like, uh, are you a sweets guy or a savory guy? Or oh both? yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. And <laughs> kind of moving out of the house gets you into all kinds of foods. I found in my experience. Um, no, you give me some Sour Patch Kids or some Reese mm. Pieces or some Bunch of Crunch. Like, What'd you give us right before we recorded here? Uh, that was a Halloween pumpkin of Reese cups, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Halloween sale, CVS, yeah. baby. Um, <laughs> what, what was your comfort food as a kid? Um, Probably right. the same it is now. Honestly, yeah. it's probably fast food. Um, uh, I just went on a Happy Meal binge because I had to get all the boo buckets. The what? The Halloween boo buckets. What's a boo bucket? You don't know what the boo buckets are? No. You know the pumpkin buckets back in the day when we were kids? Oh, fuck yeah. That's what I had for trick-or-treating. So they came back last year, but now there's a new variant. There were four, I shouldn't say variant this time, of the country <laughs> in the world of COVID. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, no, they put out four... Uh, Halloween buckets this year. So, and we, we had got to catch them all kind of vibe. So, you know, me and my sister were on the hunt across the country. I found them in two days. So you have all four of those? Oh yeah. Did you use them when you, did you trick or treat this year? They're so small this year. No, they're too small. No. What are they trying to say? Is that like when they gave apples with happy meal? Are they too small or did we grow up? That's a trick question. Yeah. Don't, I don't ask me that. That's the trick cereal theory. You know, the trick cereal theory. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Well, yeah, so you know they used to be colored like balls, and now they're or they then they turned to fruit. Do you remember when that like I didn't know it turned to fruit. Well, I've it, never been a tricks guy. Would evolve to fruit. Does Brent know about this? Anyway, it evolved. You leave Brent alone. It evolved to fruit, um, but they say it didn't evolve to fruit. We just don't see it as balls anymore because tricks are for kids. Don't My cry. mind is blown. I'm just looking over at Brent. Listen, you don't talk to Brent. How did we get this. here? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We've been on yeah, mute Brent, for two minutes. Brent, yeah, we've been on thinking about that tricks thing. And people are at home going, oh, fuck. Now and every, I want, 45 seconds of silence. Now, <laughs> now I want some tricks. <laughs> Wade, go to the store, Wade. Wade, look at me. Thank you, Wade. Go to the store. Pick some tricks up, bring it back here. We'll take a look and we'll see who's who's kids. So uh, my comfort food as a kid, my mom used to make me tomato soup and grilled cheese. Very simple. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I loved it. I loved it. But now let's talk about my relationship with food. Yeah. 
I love fast food. I love fried food. I love food that's terrible for you, but I fucking hate food. Food, I find it annoying. I don't want to think about it. I'd rather, if I could, I'd take a pill in the morning and be done with it. And some people have kind of a visceral reaction to that. Oh God, I love food. It's so good. It's not that I don't like the taste of some food. I just would rather not talk about it. I'm over here worrying about everything else. I don't need to think about food. So one of the challenges I've had as I've gotten older, never been a cook. I've always said, oh, I'd like to get into cooking, but I'm not patient and I don't care about food. So um, one of the challenges is I still eat very poorly and obviously that is not sustainable uh, for the most part. And so I worry about what I'm eating, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it tastes good and I don't have to think about it. Do you cook for yourself much? Um, I can. I get in waves. Uh, and I have my, my two or three things. Um, what are they? Um, make a really good black bean stew. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of varieties with eggs. I've really gotten, uh, really gotten into making my own ramen. Not like college ramen, like big, bold, like yeah. everything about the kitchen hey, sink whoa. ramen. I, I made ramen as a 41-year-old, and and Am I still in college? It's goddamn delicious. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, another thing about food that's a big to me with my family, it's like the around the table. Mm. Like it's an event. You go to have conversation to to break bread. You know, like yeah. what, you know, it's like um, it's like the difference between drinking alone and like going to a pub. Like, sure. it's, you know, it's a it's a very different thing. But that's that's what I do when we go home. Like me, me and my sister and the rest of my family will go to like, you know, we'll go to a barbecue spot. And like, that's what we're doing. Like that's, that's the event for the day. Like, and we're like happy about that, mm-hmm. you know, and we love it, but it's just like, how do you balance it all? Do you guys ever play cards in restaurants? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah, too. It's the best. Uh, I love cards. Love cards, rummy. Cards are the best. That's why I was so happy. We found Foxtrot. Foxtrot's at Bodega. Oh, like, um, it, was, mm-hmm. it was like, tell the, us, tell us what Foxtrot is. Foxtrot's uh, I think they're a nationwide Bodega. I saw them in DC. Um, no, but they're, uh, they're like this, the kind of this boutique bodega thing. You can get coffee and a breakfast sandwich or you can get a 12 pack and put it yeah. by your table. Yeah. I think we got Motucky cold snacks and played cards for like three hours. Yeah. That was great. And then we went, went to the, see a movie afterwards. Was that the thing? I think that was the thing. The thing, but Hey, for the three people out there who are like me, what was it like three or four, uh, I about was, six months ago? I'd never seen the thing. That I was is one so of the best happy. John Carpenter's the thing from 1982. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And I wasn't mad. I was so excited. You hadn't seen it to experience someone who hasn't seen the thing is like a blessing. Oh, in the theater with a packed theater with people reacting to it. Of course, mo- almost everybody there, not everybody, but almost everybody there. I'm sure had seen it a hundred times. Super shout out to the music box. Yes. Maybe the best venue, if not the best venue in the city. I tend to agree with that. It's it's a wonderful place. You and I have gone to see uh, a ton of movies there. And tell me why you like movies, John. Ooh, that's a big one. Wow. Yeah, thank you. I had Wade write up some questions beforehand. That was one. Good job, Wade. It's it's dad, man. Dad. It's your dad? Yeah, me and you quote movies that me and my dad have been quoting for, you know, decades before we met. And you have a, uh, along with my buddy Michael, you have quite a head for movie quotes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brent uh, as well. Brent has, again, the, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. When I first met Brent, I was auditioning for an improv group he was in, and I misquoted the Kentucky Fried movie. And Brent made sure that everybody in that room and the Tri-County <laughs> area knew that I was wrong. 
And you know what? Brent was right. I was wrong. And I can confirm this podcast would have started about 10 minutes early if we weren't quoting Major League. Yeah, I know. Like, we, we, like all three of us, Wade. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I got a guy on the other line. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do a reading. I mean, you and I, just you and I, John, have watched Major League together maybe four times, maybe yeah. something like that. How many times sober? Zero times. <laughs> We'd always have a beer. Wait, what was, wait, I don't remember because, okay, so when I helped you move from Tennessee, we made the stupid idea to start drinking early and we were trying to pack your bathroom. And then next time we were in bed together watching a movie. <laughs> And you knew I fell asleep because I wasn't quoting. Yeah, it was Ghostbusters. Yeah, and you knew I passed out. Yeah, because you I wasn't weren't quoting. Qu- we were both quoting. We were that annoying, but because both of us were doing it, it kind of balanced out. It wasn't, and we love that movie so much. Well, you wine and dined me. Like we were, we <laughs> packed a little bit. It was good beer, and then you ordered P.F. Chang's. Do not remember eating it. Um, <laughs> and then we just like we laid down together and watched Ghostbusters. And then I finally go, John. Oh, John. <laughs> All right, John, you got to go into the other room. Huh? Oh, okay. Needless to say, quoting movies is I a still, huge part of our relationship. This, this might be, I believe Ghostbusters is the most quotable movie ever. I'd agree with that. That or Wayne's World. In my opinion. Wayne's World, I quote almost every day. I'm, be- trying, to, I'm trying to think of like between me and my uncle and my father and what me and you quote. And it's pretty much, I think if you did like a test of who said what, you couldn't tell who, because it's always like. Well, you you guys quote Big Trouble, which I've only oh seen a God, couple yeah, times. Son of Big Trouble, uh, a lot of Animal House. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, a lot of Wayne's World. Yeah. It's, Your dad loves Wayne's World? Oh, yeah. A lot of Caddyshack. Sure. Um, I was born <laughs> to love you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so it, it is funny that you we're all quoting, you know, Ghostbusters from eighty four and you know, it's it's just a it's a really cool it's it's created a lot of my relationships, uh is movies. So. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, how many times have we watched Major League Sober and I said zero. Tell me about um when you're with some I'll start like this. Yeah. Um I like I love drinking with friends because it, it seems to bring back a time that no longer exists. Uh, and I call it, it's a form of nostalgia that like all nostalgia is a destroyer of worlds, but to drink with friends that you've drank with before and you have that first or second beer, it is such uh, an exhilarating feeling being like, Oh my God, we're going to laugh like we did before all of these things. And tell me about your relationship with that. And, and especially in Chicago, which is a big drinking city um, and going out, meeting people very much like you said, with your family, we go to a barbecue, but you go to a bar and you you hang out with people. Like I, I love that. Tell me about that for you. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, another main reason I lost so much weight during the pandemic is like, there aren't breweries or like at least where you have to drive everywhere in Orlando when I where I was, but um it's the culture that's so sexy and romantic and um, it's just so wonderful. I just, I can't, I can't get enough of the culture. I think that's why I grabbed Tell me about, uh, you mean like the brewery culture? Yeah. Or? Yeah. In Chicago specifically um, there. And, and that's obviously cause like Chicago, I think was my, my first real adult love for a city. And that was just like, and great. We were all in our twenties and that's it. But like just the, the breweries in the city and just like the, the tap rooms and, just how just the architecture of them and just it, it's so Chicago to me that I just um it's so romantic I so romanticize it. You just growling? I me? did no. That's sexy. 
Oh, whoa. Gotta, oh, yeah, it's yeah. animalistic. Um, no, um, animalize. Oh, please. If we, we're not talking about kiss. You, I'm sorry I, did, I said it. For the record, I'm sorry I said it. For the record, Kevin opened the kiss. Door. My my um, my mistake. Either way, um, that's what that that's what you're. It's essentially what you're saying too, with like the two beer laugh thing, where you're chasing this idea. It's not even necessarily an idea. Um, it's very real. It's just like it's the the breaking point of when uh, it goes bad, you know, or it, it maybe doesn't go bad. But it's just too risky for. Um, what is the risk? Well, you know, uh, like perfect examples because it's happened to both of us. We could be playing rummy uh-huh. uh, all day at a bar, uh-huh. and then it just stops, and then on me, like you got to go home, or I got to go home, or it's it's three a.m. and like now I got an hour to get home, and like then it just gets all bad. You know, it's like it's you're not gonna. Wow, I'm sorry, <laughs> I thought you were quoting something. Uh, no, I think I was like <laughs> I'm not gonna put the banana in the uh, tailpipe. <laughs> What's that for? Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, you know, I've only seen that a couple times. Okay. All right. Hey, Brent, please. Uh, and you're not going to get sleep, real sleep. No. Nope. You're going to get horrible sleep. Nope. Listen to us. A couple old men over here. Yeah. When did you come to this realization, do you think? October 28th. Wait, like of this year? It was a Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we always have those, you know, morning after feelings, um, but it was really, uh, I think, and it, it's got to be compared to age, right? But it was like, yeah, there was a Halloween party and there's this like beautiful tub of spotted cow out of Wisconsin. And I didn't even like drink a lot, but it was just, um, just knocked me on my ass the next morning. And like, no one, I don't think really knew outside of my buddy, Joel, we got coffee. The I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I really, I, <laughs> I was so upset because, um, while I was present, I wasn't as present as I wanted to be because like whenever there's like a late, late night and I like, cause I work in, in, um, in Andersonville area in mm-hmm. Chicago and my buddy Joel, he lives right by my, my restaurant. So when there's like a party or super late now, I just crash on his couch and we always get coffee the next morning just to kind of, you know, see each other off. But, but, um, it just, I was so mad that I wasn't like present with him. At the coffee. Yeah, I just wanted to go. I was like, I just gotta I just need to be Were you feeling depressed? Oh yeah. Tell me about that depressing feeling when you've after you've drank. Uh I think it's the most common yeah. There's nothing original about it. Um uh it's it's sad, it's depressed. You um you regret things you didn't even like do. You just like you just feel like a I personally just feel like just a monster of a person. And that's my mind games. Back to running, you know, if you're not maintaining if you're not working your brain out, me personally then I'm in my head all day. And like, I'm, mind games. It's a John Lennon song, Brent. I don't know what he said, and I'm not going to entertain him to say it again. I know it's true. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, just, tell me about, too, what it does to your creativity. Something that is very important to you. It, it came across earlier in our conversation, but anybody who knows John for more than 10 minutes uh, knows that creativity is very important. So, what is drinking due to your creativity um it's kind of like also being at the brewery sometimes it can help if it's the right amount i I don't even think it helps i think it's uh it's entertaining to the brain i don't think it helps i think um i think alcohol does what running does to my mind in a shorter amount of time in a more toxic way 
if that makes sense. Without the benefits. Yeah. Well, no, you get benefits, well, but it can go away. Long-term benefits, maybe. Yeah. Like, I've had great writing sessions with friends over, like, bourbon. Like, yeah. it's it's awesome. But it's also, like, you got that aftermath when the creativity's gone. But I can also run 10 miles and take a shower and then go to a writing session and feel just as energized um, and then walk away with benefits. Here's a pseudoscience question. Do you think that alcohol is engaging that part of your brain that is also the thing that propels you to be creative? Whether that's true or not, it gives the illusion. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to me, and I think to people like to people like you and me, I think it does. But the thing that also pisses me off as a person is I was a goody two shoes in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't drink till I was twenty two, um, and I was super creative. I was super successful. Um, I was booking work out of, uh, my conservatory out of New York. I was in Summerstock right out of school. Um, I didn't go, I went against the norm with that stuff. I was, I, I became, Wait, did you do Summerstock theater and not drink? Um, I did a very little bit, but not, I didn't. My first one, no. I think that's illegal, actually. I was a goody, two, I was a goody two shoes. Wow. Um, yeah. Mainly because I was in upstate New York and they didn't know how to make martinis. Um, Ooh. That, that's, so that's all, a hot take. It was really funny. I lived um, in upstate New York doing summer stock. Where were you? Uh, Naples, New York. Uh, that's probably not a real place. I was in Cortland, New York. It was a. Uh, it was um, probably like thirty minutes outside of Rochester. Okay. Um, but uh, I I took such pride in that, and not that I thought I was better. I was just like I didn't need any of that, and like you get anxiety not being included. But then after you do drink, you really get anxiety of not being included, because uh, now I do know the culture, and the culture is great. Um, at times. Uh, so now you really, you yearn for it and miss it. Um, so that's been hard, but I know I can do it. And I, I kind of miss goody two shoes, John, for lack of a vanilla John. Mm-hmm. Um, I never needed any of that stuff, proms and homecomings and right. I didn't drink in high school. Nothing. I just played a shit ton of Euchre. And I mean, a lot of Euchre. Fed checks. The greatest card game never known played. to man. Don't know. To play. I don't even want to talk about you to you anymore. You invited me. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but um, that's <laughs> but that, but uh, it it's something where like um, I kind of appreciate that I'm uh well rounded, knowing the cultures and stuff, but I also really miss the old me too, and that's not me thinking that I I failed or missed out. I don't even know if I want that completely back, but like I I was a lot more strict and militant with myself, and I was successful. Um maybe but you've been plenty successful. oh yeah yeah and that's also because like there's the ebbs and flows of being an artist that no one talks about in school well and what would those ebbs and flows where be? you're gonna you're gonna work a hell of a lot for a couple of years and then you might not work for five yeah. and then you'll be right back you know, but it's like the consistency of of being an artist like mm-hmm. being available and being there like you don't lose it um you just you have to have faith that it's gonna like ideally come back um that was a whole strain of different subjects but um and I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think drinking's to blame for that. But I think if I was more applying myself physically towards uh, running and working out and uh, writing and health, uh, mental health care and stuff like that, um, I do think I would be miles above. But there's also just something about, um, there's something like me and you don't need pitchers of beer to like have a good time together. Like I think most of our times growing up in the city were over coffee. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just so 
so fun. It's just, fun. Um, it's uh, it's not necessary. Yeah. No, but again, the culture and you know Chicago is cold. Yeah. And it, it lends itself to that where you can meet with somebody in a bar where it is warm. You earn it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, sexy. No, that's okay. Burn. Well, let's. I want to come at you know take it back to running because, um, you know, I'm getting all these emails about. Do you want to run for charity again in the Chicago um, Marathon next year? And I'm looking at that like, God, Jesus Christ! You have a week. That's all I have left uh, for the lottery window. Yeah. Oh no, I would run for charity again. I think I you think. have a week for that too. I'm not totally oh, sure. Boy. I better figure it out, huh? So. Uh, one of the things, even though I bitched about it, especially the second half of it, that I loved about the marathon was the training. I did the Hal Higdon so you're the novice one. one. So. Yeah. I, I bitched about it because it's hard. Yeah, The second half of it is very hard. But I have diagnosed, uh, here's how I like to say it. I have diagnosed OCD. I'm not just OCD about folders or whatever it is. You know, when people say, I'm OCD about the dishes. Well, I'm OCD about life. And um, that lent itself to that routine, four runs a week um, for 18 weeks, uh, really made my brain happy. What a great way to utilize what you take most of the time in your life as a maybe a quote unquote a problem. Mm -hmm. Like what a wonderful way to benefit and like utilize that as opposed to looking at it as like, a, yeah. you know, a problem. Well, that's it. Thank you. And it, it's true. It, it, it scratched that itch. It scratched the routine itch for me big time. And you, I know have, as, as you said at the beginning, you've run 31 of these and, and often you're to use your word under trained. Uh, and our last episode, you talked about how you trained pretty religiously for the first couple. Mm -hmm. Um, what, uh, you've already signed up for next year's marathon. Yep. Tell us when you sign up for that. Is it like coming home? What does that feel like? Um, it's anxiety driven now because it used to be a couple months out uh, to, for re-sign up. So I think it used to be like February, but uh, it's like a week after. <laughs> you don't even know if you want to run ever again. Uh, but um, it's more of an anxiety driven thing. It's like getting money up for it. Uh, knowing if you want to do it, planning something a year out, you know, I will never not do it if I'm here, but um, it's more about that. And then thinking about it, it's just, it's a, um, it's almost something I don't think about. I don't get excited about it right now. Uh, I really don't get excited about it until I go to the expo. Once I'm there, I'm just like, holy shit, this is happening. So the expo is at McCormick Place. So it's this giant. McCormick Place is a huge conference center. I think it's like the biggest in the world or one of the biggest. Uh, one and, of those statements is true. Thank you. Uh, and it's huge and there's all these vendors and all the stuff. And you go and you got to go. And you got to pick up your bib. They're very do not send somebody <laughs> to pick up your bib. You will pick it up yeah. yourself, you know? So they're harder than TSA. It's pretty hardcore. Some dude. airports. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get there, what are, what are the thoughts going through your head when you get to the expo? Well, I was super excited because my Tracy, my sister had never seen it. It was like, this is it. This is like, holy shit. Um, plus we love a sample. We love a sample. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's where it's like, holy shit, it's happening. Cause you talk about it and like, you did it and you were also in the burbs. Like you're just running. You're like, why am I doing this? Like this doesn't make, you know, I did a lot of my training in the suburbs. Yeah. yeah. Why does this apply? Like it's so uh, probably why I don't do it, which I need to do it. Um, but, um, it all makes sense. You're just like, Holy shit. Like this is why, you know, it's like, I don't know, going into tech week or something for a show. Sure. Um, only less painful. 
but uh, a little less painful. Yeah, just for it, it just like you just see the world, literally the world coming into this expo hall. Oh, to yeah, get all their like everybody from every country and state, every state's represented, like 20 plus countries are represented. Like, it's amazing. So, you're signed up for next year. I guess I have to make my decision much sooner than I thought, which is I fine. believe so. I don't know how charities work. I apologize. I've never run for charity. Well, what happens? Um, okay. Got it. Uh, so it might be, it might be different for you. I still would look into it just in case if you're, well, sensitive. they're emailing me a lot. So, okay. uh, I'll look into money. that. Uh, damn it. So John, as a runner, as somebody who's run 31 marathons, as a creative person, as somebody who like all of us, time is passing. We get older, whether we like it or not. Tell us about where you are right now in your life with all of those things kind of converging with a pretty uh, well-known milestone of the 40th birthday. Um, extremely grounded uh, with my family. Can't beat that. Can't beat that, which is uh, a rarity uh, to a lot, which I'm very fortunate to have. Um, uh, generally very happy, uh, but also so completely confused at what's next um because i i i'm a big fan of like having things on my docket you know and right. um it's not a scared thing i'm not worried about aging um but i i just gotta i gotta figure out what's kind of next i'm just kind of trucking along and I, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing but i'm just kind of like just kind of going day to day and working and um I'm just trying to, it, it's a, it's a very confusing time. It's not a bad time like at all, but it's just a very like confusing time. Um, and I think that's cause I don't have anything on my radar that I'm like, I need to get that, you know, like, you don't have any, well, that's another great thing about the marathon. Mm -hmm. It is quite a signpost that you are focused on. Yeah. Uh, whether you're training every day or not, it, it's coming. Yeah. And, and it, it frames the way that you think. And also not to be cheesy, but like there, there's so many life lessons and mottos and everything about the marathon that could be related to life. And like, this might just be those, those middle miles where you're just like, they're there and they aren't good, but you got to get through them. And like, that might just be what this is right now, you know? And again, to preface, like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm just in a very like gray place. Like, I don't I, like, it's not, I just like kind of don't like what's next, what's going on, you yeah. know? I think because I, I I hit some very good highs artistically within the past like couple of years, mm -hmm. and it's been very low. Um, like I was in acting classes for film coming up, and then the strike happened. Like I was like maybe kind of starting to veer more towards film, but like I can always work on myself though, and that's where like the running can come in, and you know, reading can come in, and uh, yeah. staying stable and focusing to be prepared, and that that's where again the consistency is so essential to keep working. Like I might not be booked, I, you know, but like I can always be working out. I can always be learning. I can always be reading. Um, and that's kind of where I am. I've been, I've been having amazing, uh, another thing from the artist way, like, um, like dates with yourself. I love going to the movies and just like watching things. I love, I love going to the movies. It's alone. my favorite. I don't have to worry about anybody's opinion of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to have a good time. There's nothing worse than somebody. Oh, that was off. Like, I was like, Oh man, I was like, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. You know? And I'm not mad. You didn't like it, but like, Oh man, now I'm like, just swear about it. Like, I like going to concerts alone. Like I love doing things with people, but like, <laughs> but like also like I can just go and just like, well, well, thank yep. you. <laughs> 
you know. You know, John, we've covered a lot of territory today. We sure did. And I thank you for coming back on again. I really do. And for for all of um, the coffees we've had and, and all of the support and inspiration you gave to me as we as we build up to the marathon meant a lot to me. Um, so thank you for that. As we're wrapping up, is there anything else that maybe you would like to say that you didn't get a chance to say during this uh, episode? Um, per usual, this is like my third, fourth podcast in my life. So uh, <laughs> hope it made sense. Uh, I, I think I feel like my podcasts are what my morning pages look like. They're just kind of scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. They're not grammatically correct. Uh, <laughs> they're everywhere. Um, I guess I want to ask you, like, um, with no pressure, do you think you're going to do it again? Do you think you're going to run again? It's if not, tempting. If not next year, again, like, are you interested? In I that would year? like to run one again. Yeah. Uh, like is the wrong word. Uh, I would like to, like again is the wrong word. I I w- could see myself trying to run one again. Yeah. One, uh, there's one in Champagne that's pretty good. Oh, yeah? Very close to your, yeah. your Where, fam yeah. on campus. I... Uh, I did it because I wanted to see if I could do it. I did it, but now I kind of want to see if I can do it again. Yeah. In, actually, if I could, please. Uh, one thing I, that's uh, <laughs> this is kind of related, and it's a big full circle moment about aging too, and my father and music and culture and getting older. Like, um, we do joke about Kiss, <laughs> but they're playing their last show in New York City on December second, and I'm going to be there, which is going to be this weird emotional thing and i'm really trying to make it not be closure with like what i have with that importance of the band and like my me and my father and things like that so i'm i'm hoping that like opens up this new uh i just i i hope it keeps i i just hope it doesn't close something if that makes any kind of sense because they're they're so ingrained in my uh my bloodline with my father and my uncle and my whole family. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't like, I don't know. I don't, I know that was the most random thing to close with, but does any of that make sense? It does. I mean, something that you share with your father and for all intents and purposes, the touring apparently is coming, (laughs) is coming to an end uh, with kiss. I say that because they've had like four farewell tours or something Two, two. Shut up. Uh, two times two is four. And that's something I know you've shared with your dad. But the good news is, yeah, maybe, but it wasn't like you and your dad shared Kiss because you went to the shows together all the time, yeah. although you've been to many. You shared it because of the whole culture of Kiss. Yeah. And his love of it when he was a kid and how excited he was when he first saw them. And then he, he imbued that excitement onto you. And you know that you're an extremely talented musician and, and you would be the first to say, yeah, kiss isn't the most um, mind blowing music of all time, but it, it means, I don't remember saying that. Yeah. Well, I'm putting words in your mouth. You know what it is? What? Chasing nostalgia. I hope it's not that, that, that what we find in the pints, you know, how we keep trying to, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty cool night for you and I hope you FaceTime your dad while you're doing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. John, Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, for everybody else who's listening, I will... uh, Everybody else who's listening, what does that even mean? I guess everybody else... Wow. 
I'm All very right. happy this ended with you being confused. Yeah, I'm very confused. Uh, for everybody who is listening, I'll end the same way that I try to every time. There is always room for kindness and grace, even with ourselves. Uh, I forget it all the time. I try to remember it, but there is always room for kindness and grace. And we will see you next time on Sad Times. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.